0: Hi and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for Davida teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and faculty member here at DaVita University.
1: And I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with Davida University. Today, we get to chat with Rebecca Griggs, a group vice president of internal audit and special projects for Davida's chief operating officer. We're going to talk about how to lead others without having direct authority. Welcome, Rebecca. Hey, Doug. How are you? Hey, Hey. Rebecca. Good to have you. Hi, Grace. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, we're super excited to have you, Rebecca. It's such an honor. So um, we're going to be talking today about a very interesting topic, how to lead without authority. And before we jump into stories, let's talk a little bit about what it means. So what does leading without authority mean to you?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you use that term because I would have flipped it and put it into more of a positive statement, which is leading through influence versus Uh. authority. And so the distinction is kind of important in my mind because I think we all work and experience a lot of different matrixed environments, whether that's at work or in personal life. And so I just think
1: about how do we lead no matter what our position is. So what do you mean by matrixed environment? So for for our listeners here, how does that show up in our workplace?
2: Yeah, well, for me, I tend to work on a lot of different projects uh, throughout the time that I've been in the village. And a lot of those projects are ones where you're put together with um, folks from other departments or other teams. And so whenever I think about a matrixed environment, I think about collaboration, cross-department collaboration, collaboration. And as we kind of navigate the healthcare system, I think that's something that is going to become more and more important because the challenges that we're solving are really, really difficult. And to figure out the answers to them, you need a lot of people involved, a lot of different perspectives.
0: It sounds like a great articulation of our core value of team. Yes. How we need to work collaboratively together. Exactly. It
1: sure is. Yeah, Yeah, and I like how you talk about um, um, that we – sort of work in that environment now, and it seems to be what most, a lot of corporations are going to, but I feel like DaVita had it a while back with that core value and kind of how we approach things, so.
2: We they, were Matrix before it was popular.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so Rebecca, can you um, can you describe for us a time, um, you said you've been in the village for a while, can you describe a specific time where you had to lead without authority, and how how did that turn out? Yeah,
2: so many different examples to pull from. Some of which went well, and some of which probably didn't go so well. So, and I would also say that I probably learned more um, through the failures. So, hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to go through a couple of those. Um, one that comes to my mind, uh, just having been. Almost a year ago, actually, this month was whenever the hurricanes hit us down in Texas. So Harvey and Irma um, was just sitting at a team meeting and found myself the next day sitting down at what became the command center down in Houston, Texas, just trying to help out and trying to get things done and do what was most important, which was getting our patients cared for. And fast forward a couple of days, um, found myself pretty much running the command center down there, which had nothing to do with my area of expertise or anything that I thought I was going to be doing that week, uh, but coordinating resources and coordinating with all different aspects of the community to get the job done. And so that is the first example that comes to
0: my mind. Say say a little bit more command center. Like I get this image of... (laughs) from a TV show or something being, you know, in some submerged place in the (laughs) White House, the command center, but I'm sure it wasn't. Like, what what does that mean and what were you doing?
2: Yeah, it's so funny that you actually have that image because the day that I was leaving the command center, um, someone actually sent me a picture of the, um, you know, it's like the Armed Forces Command Center, which was just a couple of miles away from, I think, where we were setting up our command center. And it was super sophisticated with TVs all over the place and lots of, you know, fun equipment and all of that. And then I took a picture and sent it back to the team. And our command center was literally a small little conference room with a whiteboard and a bunch of sticky notes and. Fans. <laughs> Um, so um, so that's what it looked like. But let me describe a little bit what it was actually happening, which was on a daily basis, you were trying to figure out which centers were open, which could treat patients, what patients needed to be treated, how long had it been since they were treated, how were they getting the supplies that they needed to be treated, what kind of transportation was available to those patients to make sure that they could come in and get their treatments, how do you organize all of the volunteers that were coming in to provide relief to our teammates and our caregivers? That needed a break because they were also experiencing personal damage from um, from the hurricane itself. So it was all of those things, and probably a thousand other things that I've pushed to the back of my memory.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a ton of logistics. (laughs)
1: Amazing. Yeah. So when you said you didn't have authority during that that command center time, what what um, how would you describe what you did have?
2: Yeah, you know, what I would say that I did have was just a huge desire um, to get patients treated, for this to go as well as it possibly could. So in a terrible situation like that, you kind of are able to quickly you know, tear away the things that are the most critical from the nice-to-haves. And for me, it became really clear that we just needed to get patients treated. And so what I did have was a huge desire to get patients what they needed and also a huge level of accountability for doing it as good as we possibly could with the resources we had available to us.
0: Sounds like great motivation and and then t- say a little bit of then how did it how did you actually do it? what were you doing to lead through influence in, yeah. that, in, in that environment
2: Yeah, you know there's a few things that kind of stick out to me. Number one was just kind of prioritization and organization so a really good understanding of what had to be done and what were some of the resources that you needed. So for me, it was nothing about having expertise and knowing how to run operations or do logistics or transportation, but it was about surrounding myself and accessing the people who were the experts in that, those particular areas that needed help. Um, so that was one key thing was just I don't have to be the expert, but I need to know how to get my hands on the folks that can provide the expertise to do that. Um, Second, I would say is just even though it was a terrible situation that we were in, people were working around the clock sometimes for days um, on end. Um, Lots of stress, as you can imagine, but not forgetting that everybody is a human being and that you can still have fun in times like that. So everybody has needs. Everyone is exhausted. And so just taking the time to figure out where everybody was and then taking times to just celebrate at the end of the day. To go back to the sticky notes, we literally had the board divided into things that needed to be done, things that were in progress, and things that had been completed that day. And so at the end of the day, to just sit there and reflect on the – you know, 25 things that moved from the left-hand side of that board to the right-hand side of the board was just a great
1: way to just recognize how much work the team actually accomplished. So you said a couple of things that I want to key in on. So one is you, we in our last episode, we talked to Dave Herman about how leadership is a human skill. And you, you said in um, in that situation that you really wanted to remember that these are all people who are working there and and how they can continue to have fun. How can they celebrate success? How can you remember that they have lives outside of this dedicated effort? And I think it's, it's such a great illustration of even in times like that, you assume everybody has the same uh, goal in mind and you can't forget mm-hmm. that you have to take care of them. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right, and myself included. Um, You know, because it was difficult and so it was wonderful to be surrounded and to be able to just relinquish delegation from time to time to the trust of people that were around you and also recognize when you needed to take care of yourself too, myself.
0: Yeah, it makes me, um, what I'm uh, queuing into here is just how vitally important trust in the relationship is Um, because without that trust and without that relationship, when when, you know, if I don't have a relationship with someone and they try to influence me, I tend to resist it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? Yeah.
2: So I, I would say, when I was just thinking a little bit ahead of this, trust was one of the first words that popped into my mind as well. And I do think that that is so important. Trust and transparency I put kind of in similar buckets because, you um, You don't, in those situations, always have time to go back and figure out, you know, how many experiences have I had with this individual to build up a level of trust? You kind of have to go with your gut in a lot of situations, and you know that people are there and they have the best intent. Um, And so that is really, really helpful. And transparency as it relates to helping be able to do their jobs everyone needed a full set of information to be able to do effective to effectively be able to do their job in that situation and so it was very transparent very open kind of situation so that people could be as effective and work as hard as they possibly could or wanted to
1: yeah so you you describe a situation where a everybody was all hands on deck. Everyone knew there was this common purpose and it was a very strong and motivating purpose to to help our patients, save our patients. Can you describe a time when you had to lead without authority and not everybody was super excited? About where you were, <laughs> what you were doing, where you were going. Well, there's my house
2: to start with. <laughs> Three kids that uh, you know, I like to think I'm leading without authority. No, uh, but to take it back to the to the work front, and as I mentioned before, there I've probably learned from more of my failures um, than I have learned from some of the successes that I've had. Uh, but definitely can think of a couple of really painful. Um, situations where I wanted to have that leading without authority and wanted to have a really great outcome, uh, but it didn't necessarily end that way. And whenever I look on those situations, just reflect on them and what went wrong. Um, there's usually a couple, a couple of themes have come out to me that um, are more inward foc- focused than anything else, which is just Really, I'm not sure that my intent was in the right place. Um, Generally, they were in situations where, for some reason or another, I was a little more concerned over how I would look as an individual versus how we would look as a team. And um, that's one of the things I've really tried to focus on And some of the more recent situations that have been successful is just this phrase of, we win or we lose as a team. Doesn't matter if, you know, a handful of us are wildly successful, but we don't hit the end objective or the goal, we've all lost. And so um, it hurts me to say that because I don't like to feel like that as a leader, that that's the person that I am. But occasionally um, it does happen, right? There are times whenever um, in my career I've been focused on trying to be successfully successful as an individual instead of having the overall right intent and goal for the team in mind.
0: How do you monitor and make sure that you're – your intention is clear. Having had that learning,
2: mm-hmm. what I try to do at the beginning of any big project is I'm very, I'm um, I'm able to think of things and hold on to something that evokes an emotion in me. So whenever I try to think of what does success look like at the end of this project, I'd like to think of an emotion. So in the hurricanes, for example, I said, I want to do this so well that the team actually gets recognized by CMS for being, like, world class as, you know, doing um, emergency management and kind of the best in class. And people come and ask us, how did we do it, even though we probably had no idea how we did it. But that that creates an emotion in me that is really focused on what I want it to feel like when you sit down in that command center, what I want people to feel like whenever they walk out the door. And so I try to think about what is that emotion that I'm looking for that demonstrates how I want everyone
1: to feel, how I want to feel at the end of a successful project. Yeah, I love it. And I I think it's so important to know, too, that – just people can smell that so far away, right? If your intention is not for the team, if your intention is self-serving, and I'm sure we can all kind of think back on a teammate or a boss who really operated that way, and you just never wanted to trust them or follow them, whether they had authority.
2: Exactly, and it degrades exactly what we talked about before, which is trust. If people can smell that, and they can a mile away, there is this blockage on trust that you just never get through. And sometimes you're working on projects, albeit maybe a couple of weeks or something like that, but at other times they're year-long projects. And to live in that space where you can't have that full trust is just, I think it's just a miserable place to be.
0: Yeah. It, re- it reminds me of this, what's printed under the name of our organization, DeVita, in our front lobby. It says, Community First, Company 2nd mm-hmm. And that's trust that you're talking about and articulating for me is such a core part of the fabric of the community that we aim to create here. We know we don't, it's not everywhere, but we're not done yet and we're really intent around creating that level of trust as if we're a community.
2: Yeah, it is. And if you think of that, just that feeling that community, that word community makes you feel, it really helps you think about what I was talking about before, that emotion of I want this to feel like a community that just crushed it. You know, like we did an amazing job and we are going to feel so proud of our community and what we did, um, whether it's in something, you know, really intense like the hurricane or, you know, project implementation or building a building or what have you. So.
0: Yeah, it makes me think about the power of the, the vision of what you're wanting to create and emotionally connecting people to that. And then it's not you influencing them. It's the vision of where we're headed that's actually influencing them.
2: It reminds me of what we talk about. I think it's in DeVita Way of Leading where we talk about creating an inspired vision or an inspiring vision. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the longest time, that just seemed like such a mystery to me of what that was like until I figured out I just needed to think about what I wanted to feel like and the emotion that I wanted to have as I, you know, succeeded with a team or with a specific project.
1: Yeah. And how that shows up for you can either spread the ripple, right, of the positive emotions and the inspiring effort, or it can totally shut it down. Mm -hmm. So depending on which way you go for sure.
2: Yeah. Or if you have a lack thereof, um, it can be confusing because
1: nobody knows where are we heading? What are we trying to accomplish? Yep. Well, on, on that note, I'd love we end all of our podcasts this, the same way. We ask all of our guests to give our listeners one tip that they could use and go out and try right now on the specific topic. So for how to lead without authority, what suggestion would you give to our listeners of something they could try?
2: Yeah. So the phrase that keeps kind of going through my head in this is, be the leader that you want to follow. And so to just kind of try to tag on to that with what does that actually mean is just take a situation that you're in today where it's not going exactly how you want it to go. You don't feel that inspiring vision and just ask yourself what's preventing you from making that situation be true and from you being the leader that
0: you would want to follow. Awesome. That's great advice. I love it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We loved having you. Wonderful, wonderful conversation. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rebecca. Bye-bye. Bye. Doug, that was a really fun conversation with Rebecca.
0: It was. I, you know, what she was saying there at the end is to think about something that's holding you back in your life. And the action is what's one thing you can do to lead yourself and others through that?
1: That's a really great tip and something that I I definitely want to reflect on and think, how can I show up better too?
0: Yeah, definitely. So let, let's follow up on Dave's action from last week's episode where he was asking you, our leader uh, listeners, to go out and do one thing to improve one relationship.
1: And I can say that I successfully did that. Woo! High five. High five. Awesome. Yeah, I about what he said and I thought of a teammate who I really hadn't gotten to know over the last year I've been here for almost a year and I thought wow what a shame that I haven't gotten to know this person and so I just simply scheduled lunch and I scheduled a lunch with her and we had a great conversation and it gave me such a deeper understanding and respect for her that I would have never had had I not learned more about her And so I highly recommend it to the listeners out there. It's worth it. And it just took a little time.
0: Yeah, and I can't wait to hear some of the stories from our listeners, Grace. So if you're listening and uh, we'd love to hear your stories, go over to davitoway.com, click on podcast and share your stories.
1: Yeah, and be sure to tune in next week. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do that. Because next week we have Amy Young on, Vice President and General Manager from Devita Clinical Research. And we talk about life alignment, which is such an important topic. Sure is. One for all. All for one.